The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everybody, Gabby Reese here. Please join me for my show where we're going to be talking about all things self-care. And I don't mean just eating and exercise. I'm talking stress, marriage, relationships, parenting, business, transitions. How do we figure out a way to be our best selves each and every day? So whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen, please join me. If you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. Hey guys, it's Gabby and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a food website. I'm a best-selling author and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing awesome things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we spend at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I am so excited to have our first special guest on the What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. It's my mom. You guys have probably seen her on Instagram at 51 and a half, which was how old she was when she started her ceramic Instagram of like epic proportions. And today she is joining us on the podcast after a couple weeks ago when we talked about food shaming and food noise. I wanted to get her opinion on anything. So Hi, mom. Hi, Gabby. Hi, <laughs> hi everybody else. <laughs> she was reluctant to do this just because she is not uber tech savvy. <laughs> not tech savvy and a little shy. Yeah, but <laughs> we got the Zoom up and working. We got headphones on. We are thriving. <laughs> I feel very 21st century. <laughs> okay, so a couple weeks ago on the podcast, someone asked me about my book and why it was called eat what you want and how I got a balanced perspective and a healthy attitude towards food. And I rambled about all these different things. And then I decided that really what we should do is talk to you because you and dad, I think did such an incredible job raising us. And I just want to know off the bat, how do you think you instilled a balanced perspective in me and my sister and a healthy attitude in terms of food? First of all, thank you for the lovely compliment that <laughs> we did a good job. <laughs> I think I turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you both turned out okay. And, you know, and it, it, you're right. It is difficult to think about because as you're asking me this question, I'm trying to reflect back and I'm not sure that when you're, or I can't recall it anyway, when you're raising your children, that I was actively trying, you know, to teach use certain things. I think one of the things your your dad and I did was we tried to lead by example and hope that the things that we were trying to show you, you know, you would see us and then mirror those in some fashion. I think you always take things from your parents and hopefully you take the good and leave the bad behind. But I also have to give credit to my parents because I think it's very much how I was raised and those became so ingrained in me and I tried to 
perhaps instill those into you and Anya as you were growing up. So did you consciously teach us things? Like, did you teach us certain things about food when we grew up? Like, did you ever say any food was bad or we shouldn't be eating that? I don't think we have any complexes about food, but did you, did, was that a thing? Yeah, I think, I think part of it, yeah, fish was bad. All seafood was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry you felt so deprived because that was something I, do, I don't like to eat for people who don't know. I don't eat any seafood. So the kids never got any of that in our household growing up. So that was bad. I don't think anything was ever bad. I think if in my head, if I thought they were bad, I just never purchased them. So they were never in our house. Mm-hmm. So we never had soft drinks. You know, you never had Coca-Cola. You never had, you know, you didn't have potato chips. You know, we didn't have processed foods in the house. Except for Gushers. Not just, I was, you know, I was going to (laughs) say, except, you know, we did a lot of baking, you know, and of course that has things in it that, you know, people don't like to eat. We did a lot of baking and we did have Gushers, but when you guys were little and you'd say, I'm hungry, I think I would say you can have one pack of Gushers or you can have two cookies, you know, go ahead and have two cookies. And then if you said, I still want one more, it was okay to have a third, but you didn't sit there with a whole bag of cookies and and eat them down. It was like a special little treat that you got. I remember when we had those Gushers, I would eat them so slowly Slowly. and I would (laughs) savor each one and let it explode in my mouth because it was so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or same when we did that, when we had our fruit by the foot roll up and we would like wrap it around our thumb and suck on it. Anya and I, it would take hours. hours. Okay. So someone asked this earlier on Instagram when I asked, did we always eat the same thing as a family growing up or did you ever short order cook things for Anya and I? I would say we always ate the same thing as a family. And what would happen if one of us were like, we don't want that, which I can vividly remember doing. I think you ate around it. Yeah. I can't remember what you didn't offhand. I don't remember what you didn't like. Well, I think I think you told us also this is what's for dinner. And you can eat it or don't eat it, but you're you had to have a no thank you helping. Right. Oh, tell us about the no thank you. Right. There was a no thank you helping. Yep. Well you you had to try it. You had to try it and at least you gave it that effort. Right. You know, and and sometimes you were pleasantly surprised. I have the the one story we just reminded you of the other day of going when we first moved to Arizona and we went out for dinner with some friends to a fabulous Mexican restaurant, which we all love. And you had a little meltdown in the middle of the restaurant about how you you just hated Mexican food and (laughs) and I don't like and I don't like it. And then they brought guacamole and oh it wasn't bad, yeah. you know, and cheese and, oh, it wasn't bad and all, you know, but, but your idea of this kind of new, that it was a new cuisine that you weren't used to. It was very embarrassing. Scary. But then didn't I like <laughs> sit in the corner silently and polish off the whole bowl of guacamole by myself? Yeah. Because <laughs> you were so embarrassed that you had created a scene and then the food was actually quite to your liking. <laughs> So, so I didn't cook around you. You had, you learned to eat and, you know, we were always very careful about having, we always had a very balanced meal. You had, you know, your main kind of dish, whether it was meat or poultry or some kind of a vegetarian casserole or, you know, whatever it was. And it was always accompanied with at least one or two vegetables and a salad. Mm -hmm. So I knew that if, even if you weren't going to eat a lot of 
the lentils or, you know, whatever it was, you were still going to eat your broccoli and your green beans or whatever it was in your salad. Well, and shout out to the mom's cucumber salad and cookbook number two that everyone is obsessed with. It's the best side salad for every dinner you could possibly make. (laughs) It's so good. And that came from Omi. That came from your mom. But you use balsamic and she uses red wine vinegar. A white or a white vinegar. Yeah. So we all ate the same thing every night. You just didn't buy things that you didn't want in the house. So we didn't know about it. What about when we went over to a friend's house? Did we ever like splurge on things? Like, did I ever go over to Tara's and then come home ill because I ate something that I wasn't used to or anything like that? Probably have to ask Tara. (laughs) I think you went over and were absolutely exposed to things that you didn't get at home, right. you know, Doritos or, you know, something that, but I think that became more of a special treat, right. you know, and that was like a special cool thing that you got to do when you went to someone else's house. It's kind of like going to grandma's house, you get spoiled a little bit mm-hmm. and then you come home and you're kind of back to what you know is your normal. Okay. So fast forward to today, we live in a very diet heavy culture and a lot of people that messaged me this morning on Instagram or a couple of days ago, they're all about to have kids or they have young girls or whatever it is, young boys, doesn't matter. If you had us now, how would you raise us in a culture that is so diet heavy? And we see all these images of people that are quote unquote perfect, but it's not always healthy. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think I would do anything differently because it wasn't as if 25, 30 years ago, this all wasn't happening as well. Mm-hmm. It's not a new phenomenon to be diet centric. You know, there's, you know, all the different names of diets. They just were called different things and they have a new spin on them or, you know, they've been tweaked over the years. So that was still very, very present. Don't think I would do anything differently. I, and again, credit to my parents who always served whole foods. You know, they, it was, you know, now you hear, don't eat it if it doesn't have more than five, you know, you don't want more than five ingredients listed on the packet. They never did. Everything was fresh and whole and, you know, from the market or, you know, baked from scratch by them. And I think that's what I would continue to do. Yeah. How do you think I block out the noise in the food world? Like having known me for my entire life and having known and now seeing my relationship with food, do you think I succumb to any of that noise and how do I block it out if I don't? I think some of that might go back to you love to be active. So I think when you're active and doing things, you're not always thinking about food or thinking about deprivation or you know, what you can't have because you're busy. And I think keeping busy is one way to really not binge or, you know, feel like you're missing out on something because your mind is occupied, occupied with other things. I'm I'm not articulating that very well because I was just thinking, you know, that was one of the things when you guys were little and growing up, you were busy. Mm-hmm. If you weren't, you know, playing tennis or swimming or playing with friends or riding bikes or reading books or playing where in the world is Carmen San Diego? You know, you were you were busy, so you weren't looking. You weren't just sitting in front of the TV looking, you know, to out of boredom, eating out of boredom. Yeah. So I I think I would do the same thing today. Yeah. I don't think I would change how I raised you. I think I would keep you busy and active and involved and 
And I think just always talking, you know, talking and explaining decisions, explaining why you're making decisions about things. And I think you took a lot of those things to heart. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't rebel against them or, you know, try to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction. I think you listened and processed and, and took what was really useful for you. And then, you know, it stuck with you as you've grown up. Yeah. That just reminded me of something someone else asked if I was a rule follower or if I didn't follow rules as a child. I would say both. (laughs) I mean, there were definitely things you followed the rules, like as far as more or less when you were younger, you know, with with safety things or, you know, you and that's what I meant about, you know, you really explain things. If you don't look both ways, you might get hit by a car. You know, you you really you absorbed all those things and you took them and you processed them and used them. You know, then when you got into your later teenage years, you pushed the boundaries. But I think you generally did it. You knew you were breaking rules, but I don't think you were so crazy that you put yourself in really dangerous situations. Right. I think you were able to make choices. You know, you experiment with things, but you make choices going, okay, I've done that. And I know it's probably not really good for me, so I shouldn't do it again. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Wrapping this all up, what else do you want to leave us with? I just was thinking about all the busy moms and stepmoms and single parents and what you know, people who are out there that I was remembering that even when I was working and my youngest daughter doesn't even know that I was working, <laughs> which is really funny. She told me, oh, not too long ago. She goes, I, I want to be like you. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I just looked at her and absolutely, my jaw dropped and, and I was absolutely shocked because I've always worked <laughs> when the kids were growing up. But I was, I was able to you know, put them in before school care then they'd go to school. I would go to work. I had, fortunately, I was able to adjust my hours. So I would work from early in the morning and until just quite early in the afternoon. So I could swing by and be sure to pick them up from school if they didn't have to go into after school care. And she thinks, she thinks <laughs> I was just, I was just home. I don't know, swimming, playing tennis. I'm not sure what she thought I was doing. So she was a little bit shocked a couple of years ago to realize I worked the whole time. But I was just saying, you know, when I, cause you've brought up to me before, oh, you know, we used to have those Costco stuffed shells, you know, and that wasn't very healthy. And we did because you're scrambling and you're trying to get food on the table. And we did have those every now and then, maybe once every two weeks or three weeks, but they were all, they always came with a fresh salad and a side of broccoli and, you know, good things that I knew you were going to eat as well. So I tried, you know, to balance those. So I think there is a way, and I think that's a great, you know, name for the book is, you know, just striving to find that balance. And it's not easy, but. Well, and it all is about eating what you want. And I remember those nights we had stuffed shells or chicken divan. Those were really exciting, special occasions. But I also remember we couldn't have seconds until we finished all the vegetables or had a helping of salad or whatever it was. And so in today's world where I say it's all about balance, I guess it really did start, you know, 30 plus years ago when you were cooking dinner for us every night or when dad was cooking. Yeah. I guess the book just should have come out 33 years ago when I was born. (laughs) (laughs) You know, tribute to, you know, setting examples. Yeah. I think that's really Mm. important. Oh, here's a question that someone asked earlier this morning. I think you've always had a very healthy personal body image. You're an athlete. You swam in college. You still swim. You play tennis, all these different things. How would you say if someone didn't have a healthy relationship with their body, how do they not put that on their child. Mm, mm -hmm. 
I don't know how they wouldn't put it on their chart. I think for me, I appreciate my body. I like my body. I don't have the classic, you know, model. I'm not model thin, but I'm slender. I've got big shoulders. Um, me too. Not <laughs> nothing amazing, but my body has done really well for me. I can do all the things I want to do. So I, I love my body. You know, I love the fact that I can do all the things that I want to do. It lets me do all the things I want to do. Yeah. And even though we might not like what our thighs look like or what our butt looks like, it's still functioning really well for me. Yeah. So I think we need to appreciate what we have. We can't change those things. Yeah. I think that's really important. You know, you've got a big nose, you've got a small chin, you know, whatever it is, but it, I still can eat and talk and smell and breathe. And I think we have to just appreciate kind of what we have. Yeah. There's no perfect. I remember didn't I complain once or twice in my life about our broad shoulders? And I'm like, oh, I could never wear a tube top. It just doesn't look cute on me. God, why was I even wearing a tube top? But <laughs> it was a terrible time in the fashion world. But it, you're like, but you're going to be a great swimmer because of it. Like you just yeah. have, you got to make what you have work for you. Right. I probably said, oh, but look how nice and strong you are. And, you know, you can do all these cool things. And yeah, you just make the most of what you have and you you just appreciate it because you it's only not get with us forever. You only get one body. That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, this is hands down my favorite podcast we've ever done. I feel like <laughs> I so feel glad. like we might have to have you on as a recurring guest every few months just to check temperature check everyone. <laughs> maybe, maybe dad can come one day. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun being uh in this right? I know this is your first zoom. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Yeah. First zoom, first podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, for everyone listening, you can follow my mom at 51 and a half on Instagram. She sells all of her beautiful ceramics there. You've seen them in all of my cookbooks on my Insta lives, all the things. Thank you, mommy. I love you. I love you too. Have a great day. Bye. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future until quarantine is over. (laughs) If you have any questions that you want answered, give me a call, 888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a super cool small company you know about that deserves to be highlighted, leave it as a voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com. And I will talk to you guys very soon. 